0: Hey, welcome to the Upland Nation podcast. Scott Linden here, your host on our ongoing adventures, especially this time of year, into the fields and forests after a feathered quarry behind four-footed friends. Oh, and maybe a few two-footed friends as well. <laughs> Glad you could join me. And uh, yeah, due to popular demand uh back uh on the subject <clears throat> pardon me of public access uh pulled together what i consider to be the ultimate uh, primer on uh, access uh, i've been honing my skills in that subject area for oh let's see 33 years Um, Learned a lot the hard way, so you don't have to. I'll give you some suggestions on how to find new spots, how to have more success at your old spots, and, and bring up some places you might not have thought would welcome you as a public access hunter. It's all coming up right here on the Upland Nation podcast. And then you take the microphone, so to speak. And tell us what defined opening day success for you. Did a little survey and asked you, well, uh, basically why you really go hunting. And uh, I think you'll be pleasantly surprised at some of the answers. And then <laughs> we get a kind of a citizen's biologist look at how bird populations are doing around the country. Again, reports from on the ground, from you and your friends so it's all coming up right here made possible by sage and breaker gun care products pointer shotguns mid valley clays and shooting school true lock choke tubes midwayusa.com purina pro plan sport Landtrust.com, and high viz shooting systems Well, speaking of public access, that is uh, my agenda. In fact, I'm heading out again tomorrow for a place I've never been. It's only a four or five hour drive if I'm lucky. But still, one of those places actually, and this one is a double for me because it's also a spot that I uh, want to fish at some point. So this will be a good scouting trip for me for fishing, but it'll also be with luck. A good chucker hunting trip. Big river, you know, I've talked about, uh, especially chuckers. You want to find them, find a big river, and then hunt all the draws going down to it. Well, I'll give you a full report when I get back on that. And thanks, Tom. Thanks, Mark, for both uh, helping me out on this one. Uh, I don't know about you folks, but I'm big on this stuff. Yeah, you got to trust them. But when uh, when you can, you trade uh, pins on your online mapping app with some of your buddies maybe a track here or two uh this is the kind of stuff that i do when i can and uh still mastering the technology but uh they are doing even more so thanks to both of you and um, i owe you one or two you have been out and uh drawing some conclusions about the bird populations the last uh, few weeks which would be generally the first few weeks of the season yeah uh, around here at least personally all the hoopla has been for naught when it comes to what the biologist told us versus what the on the ground reports are so far but let's see what's going on in the rest of the country jake and Otner says a new hampshire grouse below average but hey found a few native quail new hampshire quail when was the last time you heard those words all in the same sentence tyler lee says the rough grouse heard uh supposed to be up but not in his experience Um, he went to a good sharptail spot Uh, yes tyler don't don't forget to send me a pin Uh, lance larson desert quail lots of big broods and uh uh some young of the year so far Merry meeting kennels. Hey, good to hear from everybody up there in Maine. Very low numbers of grouse in Maine. Average woodcock numbers so far. Of course, that can change overnight, literally. Um, Kevin McLaughlin, uh, not seeing much in in the way of good habitat. And that, of course, leads to... Uh, pretty bad hunting in Oklahoma. Miles Burdett, give me your exact latitude and longitude because you tell us it's insane with birds everywhere. And then H R C H U H Wildfire Deacon, always excited about your experiences out there. Uh, unfortunately not much going on in Ohio these days besides released pheasants. Uh, a favorable winner says Robert Murphy, um... Uh, Uh, still hasn't, uh, you know, uh, done much for any of the populations but the Canada geese. All right, I know Jay Loners, you're just telling this because you don't want us there. He says Nebraska sucks unless you go west or way north. Yeah, we'll stay away from your secret spots, I promise. Uh, Jerry and Shannon Wilkerson say they have found a covey of quail but no woodcock. Uh, There's, you know, don't let it get you down we're still early in the season um, there's a lot out there the last reports i got uh... for chuckers out in the west very strong uh... like uh, you've heard already a few good sharp tail reports you know better than me it's all about putting one foot in front of the other that's how we find birds whether they're a lot or not near as many so good luck out there and um Keep the reports coming in. We're brought to you in part by LandTrust.com. This is exclusive private land access on a day to day basis. It's kind of like the VRBO of bird hunting. And they'll also help you with big game and fishing and a few other things as well. But for our purposes, great way to you know, book a day on private, well managed land. You can shop it without even joining, although the account is free. Go to LandTrust.com, poke around, uh, explore the opportunities uh, state by state or bird species by bird species. I'm sure enjoying the heck out of my experiences there and looking forward to more of them, even this coming fishing season. Learn more at LandTrust.com and then once you get there you want to shoot straight so get yourself some high viz sights the website address hivizsites.com see what you've been missing yeah magnetic screw attach and plain old barrel sights that anybody can install yeah I did that's why their original equipment they work so well that light pipe technology is fascinating especially if you are you have uh, real shooting issues like i do uh you might be amazed at how even when you don't aim your shotgun a good sight in the right color and these are interchangeable light pipes a good sight in the right color will help you create that muzzle to target relationship that you need even for shooting instinctive style learn more at high Well, I have spent the last uh, three decades uh, trying to find birds on public ground of one sort or another. By public, well, we'll we'll get into that. Uh, And I've learned a few things over the years. I've been asked to speak on the subject a few times. I'm working on a magazine article. And of course, there's a whole e-booklet at findbirdhuntingspots.com. So if you want the long version of this, that's where you go. But I realized as I was pulling all that together that we haven't talked about public access hunting here on the Upland Nation podcast for quite a while. So let's jump in. I'll just, I'll just cover the high points as best I can because we also want to talk about uh, you know, how you define opening day success. And we'll do that in the second half of the podcast. For now, let's just jump right in to public ground and mastering it, well, maybe just a little bit more. Uh, maybe somewhere in here is a hit or two for you. That's what I'm hoping at least. So wh- whether you got a one week haul pass and you're you know going to take that bucket list trip for the year or you're just looking for a place to go for a half day on the weekend, there's probably publicly accessible ground somewhere nearby or three time zones away. But where is there? Remember that? You remember Alice in Wonderland, the Cheshire Cat. Alice is trying to find her way out, and she says, well, I'm going to go this way, this way. He says, if you don't know where you're going, any road will take you there. It's true. Now, whether it's, uh, like I said, a bucket list trip or, or just a short trip, there's probably a little pocket here or a vast sea of grass that could make your day. If you know how to find it, know how to hunt it i'm never going to teach you how to shoot i'm still learning but i can teach you how to find places to shoot so instead of being that guy holding your wife's purse in the nordstrom have the knowledge and use it first off just a little rah-rah for you you know we paid for this stuff whether it's a walk-in program that's privately owned ground that we have access to the state bought that land access with our money public land is just what it is the blm or the forest service a park uh, district or a state wildlife agency manages that stuff on our behalf we paid for it and that's before you get into the wildlife refuges wildlife production or wildlife management areas Army Corps of Engineers Bureau of Reclamation the TVA all those other agencies that are federal or state that we support with taxpayer dollars many of those places have opened that ground to hunting among other things now here's one that I have always thought is underexploited in many states Uh, ground of one sort or another ends up in the hands of the state government that manages it in one way or another to fund schools state school lands are what they're usually called those are quite often open some counties have grounds there's state forests there's uh, national monuments sometimes state parks all are in that mix and that doesn't count all the tribal lands military bases some timber company paper company mining company oil and gas development pipeline and electrical rights of way quite often do your homework and you might find opportunity there as well <laughs> perfect example i was going from public access spot to public access spot looking for a place that didn't have a car or truck or three or four of them in the the little parking areas um if only to scout for the next day this is in where was this south dakota yeah well at that point manny was my dog of the day and he needed to take a leak and I thought, well, hey, great idea. So we finally pulled into a little tiny, you know, a little postage stamp sized parking area in a waterfowl production area that was empty. Beautiful day. I can understand that. We got out, we walked through the little stile and stretched our legs a little bit. But even I know that when you walk around in, South Dakota, you bring a shotgun whenever you can. There was standing corn on two sides, just a vast sea of prairie grass in the middle. I didn't see a drop of water the whole time we were in there. But, man, he did flush one. Yeah, my German wirehead pointer flushed one sharp tail. You never know. You never know. So let's get started if you are looking for a new spot my best piece of advice would be to cast your net far and wide and then let it sink really deep now I surveyed you in the past and you've talked about where you get your information for new hunting places most of you go to your friends so do I you go to the state wildlife agency And then you go to that online mapping app. And that's the extent of it. And those are all good. I'm not criticizing those, but, you know, I I spent a lot of time doing a lot of dang research in, in many subject areas. But what I've learned is if you look between the lines, if you poke into a nook or a cranny here and there on the Internet especially, you never know what you might find. Obviously, you're going to start your search with things like, quote pheasant prospects in nebraska or uh you know woodcock hunting best dates or something else but also just throw in pheasant hunting period and see what gets up sometimes it's a little newspaper article with some mention of some place sometimes it gets more detailed and here's one I, i thought this was brilliant um, I wish I could remember right off who it was, but I was talking with somebody about hunting, and I said, well, how'd you find all those spots? He said, I go to the bird watchers' sites, figure out where they're seeing all the chuckers, pheasants, woodcock. Those folks are, I mean, if there's, if there's a crowd that is more intense than us, it's bird watchers. May as well take advantage of it. When you get down to call in wildlife agency offices, go to the most local one you can. Ask everybody there. A couple seasons ago, I was headed for a spot, and I just wanted to make sure that uh, one in particular was still on the walk-in program. And where the heck was the sign-in kiosk? The first person who answered the phone was just some schlub at the front desk, but he said, bird honey, man i love to do that who are you and we got to talk and he, he clued me to a couple other access points for the same place like-minded individuals may not be the bird biologist per se maybe the receptionist or the maintenance guy got that as well in uh, let's say nebraska once now nobody's going to give you the latitude and longitude but they could save you a few miles of driving especially if uh that place was subject to an emergency haying order and is no longer worth hunting or there was a drought or a fire or something like that you're listening to the upland nation podcast i'm scott linden and uh, we're talking public access of all sorts hopefully you're going to get started and uh and um uh, or expand your horizons you know, there is a great rock, uh, walk-in program in many, many states. The ones I like most, uh, you've heard about before. But most states that have bird hunting have walk-in programs. If you don't know what it's called, just go to their the state agency w- website or save yourself a little bit. Just Google walk-in hunting and the name of the state. You should get somewhere near that. Once you're there, learn the rules, figure out whether you need to you know sign in or make a reservation get all the online maps get the mobile app if there is one and then get the hard copies of the hunting atlas if they have one as well the hard copies are very useful for a bunch of reasons number one you can scribble all over them number two they're always right there whether your cell phone is working or not so hang on to all of that stuff updated as as you go and uh, make sure you mark all the other less common areas now that may be a you know uh, a perfectly well-named spot but some of the other ones may be a little bit differently named Whether whether it's a waterfowl production area or a big game production area i told you about that quail hunt a couple weeks ago that was on a spot managed for elk thank goodness and I love the paper maps. I'm not going to go deeply into that, but I just love putting up a big paper map on the wall a couple weeks before I'm going to that spot. You'd be surprised at how much just kind of seeps into you as you're sitting there drinking coffee, looking at it with no particular agenda. So invest in a paper map and, uh, and uh, see if it pays off for you as well. All right, so you've picked your general area. Maybe a, maybe it is a big trip, and you've got a, a home base, a town nearby, or you're camping at a particular spot, whatever it is. Once you have all that nailed down, it's time to start routing your hunts. Now, I don't know about you, but I'd rather hunt than drive. And uh, one way to do that is to find, you know, most of the time, and I'm going to say blue blotches all the time, because that seems to be the color that is prevalent, blue and brown, on the hard copy maps a lot of times. Um, I'll find a spot on the map that has several of those in the same general area so that way when one doesn't pay off or it's too crowded or it's flooded out you can drive to the next one fairly readily and not spend your whole hunting day commuting the other thing I found is that uh, the biggest spots may or may not be the right spots quality versus quantity I was going from one spot to another in uh, Montana last year and on the way to the other spot I drove past one sign it was so small it was hardly on the map if I if it was on the map I didn't even see it that one sign was all that clued me in to that one draw that was part of this program What the heck? Nobody was there. It was a lot closer than the one I was going to. And it did pay off in a covey of hunts. So look at the big spots, but look at the small spots. Sometimes the unsung heroes are those little ones, not the big ones. Likewise, if everybody knows about place A, maybe you should choose the runner-up in the Miss Universe pageant of public access yeah go to the second best place instead of the one that was on the magazine cover most times you know fewer hunters better odds oh boy let's see so you found your spot you've laid out a route all that is prelude to the most important part and that's getting there so you've gotten to your home base Reprovision, gas up, stop by the Visitor's Bureau and ask, maybe for the third time, about public and private land open to hunting. They'll have the most current information, and a lot of them, especially in places like North Dakota, Kansas, South Dakota, might just have a little vest pocket list of landowners who are willing to let you hunt there. Maybe for a small fee, but also maybe for free. Hey, that's as public as it gets. If you can't, that's fine. At least you're ready to go with your original plan. And remember, when you've laid out your route, I'll never forget this happening in Huron, South Dakota. You ever watched a on television uh, one of those uh, you know formula one uh, is a formula One grand prix grand prix where the drivers are on the other side of the track and at the signal they all have to run to their car get in start it up and then get out of there well that was the hotel parking lot in here on on opening weekend and uh, sure enough everybody was going to the nearest public access there was a Great waterfowl production area, not four or five miles west of town. Um, big one. But there was also a whole bunch of other public access. They have a lot of public access in Huron. Um, I decided to um, go to the uppermost edge of the paper map because I didn't think anybody else would want to bother. Now, the other nice thing about going as far as you're willing to go is you can get up a little earlier and get there. Uh, without traffic without competition Uh, why not driving before uh, shooting hours is is a heck of a way to get farther away yeah then you can work in toward town so your last hunt of the day is only 15 minutes from happy hour yeah i know near and dear to my heart as well yeah, human nature is to drive as little as possible. Get out, slam the door, turn the dogs loose, and load up. Go farther. It's a That'll be a common refrain, a motif, as they say in the music world. I'll talk about that in other respects later on. If you have the chance, the luxury of scouting the night before, go to the spots that you like. If there's somebody there, and 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 they're packing up ask them how it went get out the binoculars take a look if on the map there's a straight edge you know ruler straight edge somewhere that's probably the border between public and private and cropland and edges enough said worked for me i was actually out scouting because of the gale force winds, didn't think it would be worthwhile. But I passed another spot that um, had a stand of coniferous trees. I don't remember what they were. This was in a place I'd never been before, and they were kind of funny looking, but it was a big line of them. And sure enough, it was, for all intents and purposes, a windbreak. And even better, when we got out there, there was a big square dike it must have held water at some point that dike was maybe 10 12 feet high and in, inside no water left but a whole stand of cattails so you got the you got the windbreak you got the dike the gale force wind is down to a puff a gentle puff inside there and sure enough Manny found not one but a pair of ringnecks hit the point, the only reason I knew he was on point is because my GPS caller told me, kind of wandered in that direction inhaling all that cattail fluff probably shot the only double on pheasants I've ever shot so look for the, you know, the small spots do your scouting, learn what you can before you actually go out and uh, load up keep an open mind, that place you drove past might be the right place okay then feed the dogs have a beer go to bed early because tomorrow we hunt and in this case that'll be the second half of the podcast so hold tight a couple commercial announcements here and then we'll be back to public access and then we're going to talk about how you define opening day success it's all brought to you by purina pro plan sport learn about in fact I was just shopping there I, I'm, I'm looking for some variety um, proplansport.com is where you kinda look at all the formulations they have for working dogs like yours and mine you know only one brand fuels the most sporting dog champions and that's pro Plan sport for a flick right now it's all about fat and fatty acids Omega-3 fatty acids are a primary component in ProPlan Sport. And then uh, he's getting on in age six. I don't want to call him a senior dog yet, but technically I think he is. That glucosamine will help support his joint health. And that really helps on day two, three, and four of a hunt. So learn more about what's in it and why it is so good for your dog, too, at Sport. Dot com you know midway usa carries just about everything for shooting hunting in the outdoors just got myself some more chucker ammo for this trip coming up yeah you know i like to shoot that 28 gauge it's hard to find ammo except at midwayusa.com now what i want you to do is take advantage of their cyber week sale it starts on the 20th runs through the sort of official Cyber Monday. That's eight days. Lots of things are on sale. Plus, if you've signed up for their email or text notifications, you'll save another 10%. Sign up, go to the website, take advantage of the Cyber Week sale. It's all at MidwayUSA.com. And welcome back to the Upland Nation podcast, Scott Linden here, uh, trying to, uh, you know, trying to put into, you know, intelligible form, many of the lessons I learned about public access, and uh, maybe some of them will help you. Maybe there's just a nugget in here or a gem there that you slap your forehead and wonder, why didn't I think of that? Well, I probably figured it out after learning it the hard way. Now you don't have to. And don't forget, we're still going to talk about your opening day success, how you define it. So, all that coming up. But first, here we are, your first day at that new public access spot or spots, because we've talked about that. First thing you ought to do is hold on. Stop. Leave the dog in the crate. Have another cup of coffee in the parking area. Get there early enough to be able to do that. Take a look at your map. Make sure you're in the right spot. If there are signs up there, all the better. But you don't want to be parked in the spot that is the local sheriff deputy's trespassing citation honey hole. Seen it happen. Now, if you're not there first, or, well, even if you are, figure out who where the other folks are going to go, or have gone, if you slept late. Go the other way. Not only is it considerate, but it might be strategic. Maybe they'll push birds your way or squeeze them to the middle because they're walking around the outside. Go where the other folks don't want to go. Except when there's no one there yet. Hunt the easy stuff before everybody else does. Maybe you hunt it on your way to the hard stuff or the far stuff. But remember, we're not on a Navy SEAL Hell Week test. We're here to hunt. So if no one's there yet, hunt your way to the far ground. And then on the way back, ditto. After somebody else has pressured the area, the birds will often go to the only spots left, the places nobody bothers with. So if you can figure that out, it'll depend on the terrain and maybe even the weather, yeah, the weather too, like that dike in the wind, go there. And as I've said before, thank you, Ben Warner, Sergeant Ben, for reminding me that quite often the best hunting is just another mile up that draw or deeper down into a valley where all the critters have gone because no hunters will go there. Until you get there, that is. Now I own a wire hair, so <laughs> pardon me for liking the ugly stuff, but that's also worth taking a look at. Even in the worst-looking habitat, there are pockets that might be really comfortable for one ringneck or a single valley quail covey. Take a look at those. Be strategic. You never know, especially. If the birds have been pressured, perfect example. One of my favorite spots was ravaged by a brush fire four or five years ago. And of course, I just gave up on it. But earlier in this season, I was out in that general area and I slowed down and I, oh, yeah, so I, I hit the brakes drove up the road just a bit to the bottom of that draw and if you stood in the right spot and held your mouth correctly you could see a little patch of green way up in that draw It was the only one in that whole black lunar landscape that was still all that was left of the fire so i thought okay i know that country a little bit i'll aim for that and sure enough we did but you know the funny part was we didn't even have to walk that far once you got over that first hump I realized the entire riparian area was still green guess where all the birds were yeah in the dry weather they had water periodically Uh, at certain time of year they had the only green that they could eat was right there but surprisingly all the Chuckers I shot out of that creek bottom believe it or not had in their crops basically toasted cheatgrass seeds so be optimistic when you can you never know how it might pay off well um that's kind of uh, you know kind of the gist of it for me I know I'm trying to be a little bit encouraging. That's my job, and I hope you appreciate it. Maybe you picked up something there. I got a few more quick tips that I'd like to share with you that have have worked for me over the years. And you know, whether it's out of desperation or just uh, part of your master plan, you might insert some of these as well. So, um, first on the list, go later in the day, later in the season. Just got a great report from my friends at Huron, South Dakota again. They do their ringneck festival this time of year for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> Later in the day, most guys are back to camp or back to the local tavern that golden hour or two. The birds are feeding or they're heading back to their roosts. Now be be cognizant of the need for covey birds to get back and assemble but there still is a golden hour or two that you can probably devote some time to. Uh, Remember that most public access ground is open to everybody else as well. Sometimes it's, um, you know, a grazing lease or a bird watcher or there's some hikers coming through. Uh, Try and get along with everybody if you can. Most of them are just glad to have company out there And most of them share your values, too. Don't forget, a lot of these uh, walk-in areas require some sort of a sign-in process, maybe even a reservation or a phone call. Sometimes that's marked on your online app. Sometimes it's in the hunting atlas. Sometimes you just got to drive around and find the dang thing. If you're willing, and your shotgun is too, go when the weather sucks. Nobody else will. If you're a member, or even if you're not, join up first and then check with your local chapter and the National Conservation Group. Quite often they have programs and on the ground projects. I was near Lewistown, Montana once and saw a big spot up there, I'd heard about it, read about it, finally got up there. By the way, good job, everybody who worked on that project. And finally be nice be open-minded you never know where that will lead you sometimes it's new bits of public access land sometimes it's a landowner who will open his place to you we're so lucky if you are nice considerate thoughtful open-minded so is everybody else and that'll pay off When you're struggling with that flat tire on the side of that rural road among other things yeah way back in the day and when i was a public school band director i put this up in my band room the mayor of las vegas said our city's reputation depends on you me and us i bet he was a hunter Well, you know most of the other rules. I'm not going to go over how to behave in rural America, which is where most of this public access ground will be. But treat others as you'd like them to treat you. That's way back. Uh, Probably Confucius said it, but you never know. The golden rule. We don't have referees out there. We have a lot of players, some of them with loaded guns, so play nice it's up to us to follow the rules and the best one might be that first one good luck in your own search for public access there's a lot of it out there most of it is ours some of it is ours temporarily so take good care of it if you'd like more information on that kind of stuff like I said the long version of that is at findbirdhuntingspots.com a lot more details in there i'd love to have you go i think it costs you a, a buck and a half to get the e-booklet 7,000 words and about 40 different public access tips end of promotion next on the agenda we're going to talk about how you define success for opening day a quick word from pointershotguns.com there's nothing worse than a trigger click and no boom that's why all of their shotguns come with a 7 year warranty whatever you're looking for they've got one side by sides over and unders, semi-automatics they're all there at pointershotguns.com and if you are a fashion plate and you're looking for something with an interesting color combination from uh, case coloring to shiny nickel to bluing of all sorts and cerakote colors green bronze and gray side-by-side starting at 759 suggested retail find your nearest retailer and go to town on pointershotguns.com put your wish list together and and uh... then send it off to santa claus so um... I'm always curious to know how you're doing, and hopefully uh, you're, telling, uh, you're sharing your best life ever with us. When I asked you all on social media how you defined your opening day success, I got some great, maybe lessons for the rest of us, some philosophy. Let's, uh, let's share some of those thoughts. Mark David has got it figured out. Let's start with his. He says the best thing about opening day is just getting out. I actually like mid-season best there's less people but getting out yeah shake off the dust and enjoy yourself Jim Crane doesn't care about limits hey who does it's all about hey what Michael Eden says watching the dogs work in the field getting solid points and flushes I hope not from the same dog Michael Uh, two years ago we were averaging seven hens to one rooster but worth it other times covering five miles for one rooster on public property. Love this. The best feeling is tired dogs that are running in their sleep dreaming about the ones that got away. I was woken up to that last night. Thank you. Great way to look at things. Uh yeah, Flicky's he's doing great. Okay. Uh, John Simon, spending time in gorgeous cover, watching the dog do what comes naturally, seeing them figure things out. I love that idea. Yeah, you know, see the light bulb go off over their head. Robert Van Hoo says, not working. <laughs> and being out with the people I love. Yeah, both good. Um, Jake and Oatner, you've always got a different take on things and I love it he says a limit of pheasants for everyone I'm hunting with you notice he didn't say for me 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 Jay I'd hunt with you any day I'd ask you to back me up on every shot though Baugh says seeing my dog do what she was born to do can't complain same from feathered tails and wings a happy performance from the dog you ever think about your dog being happy I do all the time. You know what it's like. You know they can't smile. The veterinarians say there's the anatomy is not there to smile, but we know when they're happy. That's why we go. Uh, Larry Scott watching his dog work, the excitement that he has. The birds are a gift. Lots of people love it. You know, it's kind of a dumb question. Of course, watching the dog work. David Klopp says, a steady point. And then the classic uh, pro guide said this years ago to me, and David said it too. A safe day. He says, yep, nobody got hurt. Yeah, that's exactly right. And David Landgren ag- agrees. Um, David Norris just making it there with my son, no matter the weather, bird count, or ha- how many shots I miss. Yeah, that <laughs> if that was how we judge it, I'd never go again. I'd go back to fly fishing. Jack Leventry ends the entire discussion here there's a whole bunch more at the Facebook pages so check them out Jack says waking up the next day to do it again with my dog amen to that it's absolutely true thank you all great great philosophy and a heck of a way to look at what we're doing these days and what I'm doing is reminding you that we are brought to you in part by trulockchokes.com. They got a choke tube for just about anything. I've talked about those, um, uh, the new dove choke for those cheap dove loads. Scott says uh, over there uh, that might work for those cheap quail loads. You know, if you're desperate and all you have is that, quote, game load, unquote, or, or some of the range loads, you might want to take a look at that. Of course they got 2000 choices there. You want to learn more about choke tubes? Go to trulockchokes.com. TruLock is T R U L O C K. Lifetime warranty, satisfaction guarantee, and lots of incentives. Buy this much, get that much free, etc., etc. It's all at trulockchokes.com. This week's handle it segment you know i'm i'm working on a a magazine story right now and in this argument uh I, maybe i shouldn't put it that way this civilized debate goes on all the time yes we all know wild birds are best when training our dog some of you are very lucky and you can do that or you can do that all year most of us can't so what do we do if we have pen raised pigeons maybe some pen raised bob whites or something like that well, we, we should bite the bullet by a remote control bird launcher and then simulate the behavior of a paranoid wild bird. I know it's spendy, but so was your pup, right? So is that shotgun and a tank of gas to go where you're hunting. Think about it. With a remote bird launcher, carefully placed and maybe marked. I like surveyor's tape for that. You can bring your dog downwind into the scent cone, watch him carefully while holding that remote bird launcher handheld control in your hand. If the dog points, perfect. Good trainer. Here's some kibble. If it doesn't point, you press the red button and the bird flies away. Hey, just like a wild bird. The key is your young dog is learning that he can never ever catch a bird on the ground been there and done that you know when i was a musician my teachers would always scare me and say well if you lay off for the weekend it's going to take you twice as long to get back where you were before you stopped well that is true when a dog catches a bird don't go there the best way to do it save up your cans and bottles buy yourself one Remote bird launcher. Maybe your club has one you can borrow, whatever. It's a lesson I've learned the hard way, so you don't have to. Good luck on that. And handle it. This week is brought to you by sageandbreaker.com. Uh, this is the time of year when sales are rolling down the road. Sign up for their email list so you find out about them before everybody else. New products as well some new stuff coming down the pipe from a new cleaning system to a scoped rifle case and more of those range bags. Go to sageandbreaker.com and sign up for the mailing list today. And if you're in the Willamette Valley of Oregon or you're passing through, go to midvalleyclays.com. Schedule yourself a lesson with one of the instructors who's also a bird hunter. Now Vandy or Dave or any of the other crew there will look at you and figure out what you're doing and they'll take the most important thing and have you work on that. And your next hunting trip will be a lot more fun. You might just actually put another bird in the bag. Now with me, it was all about timing, if you will, when I pull the trigger, when the gun comes up to my shoulder and my face. Vandy, thank you again for that. It does work when I remember it. If you want to learn how to shoot better, go to midvalleyclays.com. Sign up for a lesson. And speaking of shouts, here's my shout out to all of you who've probably helped me with virtually everything I talked about today. Thank you so much. Appreciate your reviews, your ratings, all your social media comments. Appreciate the support of all of our sponsors. Sage and Breaker, Pointer Shotguns, Purina, Proplan Sport, Mid Valley Clays and Shooting School, TruLock Choke Tubes, MidwayUSA.com, and LandTrust.com. If you want more information on all of the subjects we talked about today, social media is a good place. Find birdhuntingspots.com is a good place. That's where you get the full-length version of my public access primer it's all right there just go to the site it'll direct you right to it until then i hope to hear a great hunting story from you and hopefully see you in the field i'm scott linden thanks for listening to the upland nation podcast